Welcome to the MTechCast, where we talk to industry experts about emerging technologies. Brought to you by CompTIA's Emerging Technology Community. Hello, and welcome to the MTechCast. My name is Jim Hamilton, and I'm very pleased to have as our guest today, Scott Denenberg, who's the Chief Architect for Veil Robotics. Welcome to the MTechCast, Scott. Oh, thank you for having me. An absolute pleasure, and you work in a fascinating field that I know a lot of our listeners would like to hear about. Um, before we get to the robotics specifically, maybe you could just introduce yourself and how you got into this this great field. Well, my, uh, my path to Veil was a little bit uh, circuitous. Uh, my background is in electromagnetic um, uh, engineering. Uh, I have my PhD from the University of Illinois, where I really worked on... Uh, modeling uh, electromagnetic sensors for their interaction with materials. Uh, the goal of that work was to uh, image pipelines for corrosion. Um, so I worked uh, on that project for quite a long time. And uh, after finishing my PhD, I was looking for new and exciting opportunities in the Boston area. And I got put in touch with our CEO, Patrick Sobovaro. Uh, and as we were talking about the types of problems he was working on, he realized that there was a lot of overlap with uh, this idea that he had around the collaborative robotics and using computer vision to make large industrial robots safe for collaboration with humans. Uh, and so when Veil Robotics was, uh, was an opportunity that I can join, I was uh, very excited. And we've been at this now for three years, and it's been a very exciting ride. That's, that's really cool. So maybe let's start with robotics in general and what makes this such a, a, an interesting field these days. And, and what attracted it to you before we jump into specific solutions. Yeah, so I mean, robotics is used uh, for uh, as a term for to describe a lot of different things, but at its uh, heart, it's um, a machine with a certain level of autonomy that's uh, designed to do a particular task. Um, and so in the industrial setting, uh, industrial robots are really the, the key tool that a manufacturing engineer has uh, for designing uh, a manufacturing process. Um, so they design that process around the robot itself. You know, the, there are robots are used for a number of other things. There's an entire industry around service robots, where um, a robot is used to either care for a human or do something within the work uh, within the home. You know, the the Roomba from iRobot is one of the more successful examples of that. And then, uh, you know, on the fringes of robotics, you know, the autonomous driving, autonomous vehicles can be considered a form of robot because they, they sense the um, surroundings and, and they make decisions based on what they're seeing. And where would you say we are in sort of the, you know, are we in the golden age of robots or are we still, you know, just sort of figuring out how we're going to work with this technology and where it's really going to have its sweet spot? Where do you, where do you think we are with respect to robotics? Well, one, robots have been around a lot longer than people think. Um, you know, I think the, the first robots were in the, you know, the, either the 16th or the 15th century. There was a praying robot back in uh, Italy. Um, I was reading about that the other day. It's really? Um, but really, uh, you know, robots as a solution to real problems is something that's really come around in the last uh, 40 years. And I think uh, manufacturing is where robotics has had its largest success. Uh, so robots in more uh, unstructured environments like your home or on the road, uh, that's still a, a problem that's being worked on. And uh, um, so we're not quite in the golden age there, but the, we are in the golden age of uh, robots in, in manufacturing settings. Okay, so that segues nicely to a question about, uh, you know, an application for robotics working in unstructured environment. I know you're doing a lot of work around making 
uh, robots more safe in human environments. Maybe you can tell me a little bit about that application, what makes it so special. Yeah, so uh, like I mentioned before, uh, industrial robots are really the, the key tool that a manufacturing engineer has for designing an application. They use the robot to, to pick up the big heavy things, to move it very quickly, very repeatedly. They design custom um, uh, fixtures and, and custom end effectors to allow uh, a given robot to pick up uh, varying materials. Um, but the, the main challenge that they have around uh, using these robots is that they're, they're very large and very dangerous machines. And so um, the traditional approach has been to cage these robots so that people can't get in their vicinity because they don't have any uh, sensing capabilities. They don't know much about their surroundings. What they know is the, the task that has been programmed into them and they do it very repeatedly and they can do it for a very long time. Some of these uh, industrial robots can operate for something like 100,000 hours before needing their first servicing. Um, so they're, they're incredible machines. They can pick up um, uh, payloads uh, that are up in the 500 kilogram range. They can move it at multiple meters per second and put it down with millimeters uh, precision. They're, so they're very impressive machines, but they, they lack on the sensing side. Uh, and so that's what Veil Robotics is really aiming to do is to uh, use 3D vision and 3D sensing to allow these large industrial robots to work safely alongside humans. All right. So you were mentioning that, that you know, traditionally we've um, tried to limit both, you know, the, the, the weight and the speed at which the robot moves. Is what you're saying that you figured out a way that, yes, robots can still move with very large weights and can move at, at quick speeds, but using sensing can do it safely in the presence of humans? Yeah, and so the the idea of collaborative robotics, it's a it's a it's a big buzzword right now. And it's I love that word. I love that word, by the way, collaborative robotics. Anyway, keep going. That's great. Yeah, and it's 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 a big focus in uh, in manufacturing and and general in the robotic space. And what it it means at its core is to allow humans and robots to work side by side um, uh, safely. Uh, that idea isn't necessarily a brand new idea. While it's been popularized in the last five years, it's been around for the last 20, or maybe not quite 20, but getting close to that. And um, they're the people that wrote uh, some of the standards around how this might be done safely within an industrial setting had a few ideas around uh, the different modes of uh, collaboration. Um, the first one, which is the one that's been very popular, popular recently, is around power and force limitation. Basically, we're going to design your robot so that it can't possibly move fast enough and hit you with enough force that'll hurt you. Once it detects that it's made uh, contact with somebody, it'll slow down and stop before any damage is done. And just based off of physics, there's a limitation to what you can do with that technology. Uh, it can't move too quickly. It can't have too large of a payload. Um, and you have to design the joints in a certain way that can sense the, the forces that are being applied. The other idea that the people writing the standards had was to do something called speed and separation monitoring. Um, we're going to uh, detect where the people are in the work cells. We're going to understand where the robot is. And we're going to slow and stop the robot before any contact can be made. Um, and so that has a different set of limitations, but doesn't change necessarily how the robot needs to be designed. It, it, it has a larger requirement on the sensing uh, and intelligence that's placed around side the robot. Uh, around the robot. And so that's really what Veil Robotics is working on, is to implement speed and separation monitoring. Um, and we're doing that by building 3D custom time-of-flight cameras, a, a, a safety-critical uh, computing platform, and uh, the software that uh, 
analyzes the work cell, does 3D reconstruction, tracks the people, tracks the robot, and then overrides the robot controls. You know, this is a very human problem as much as it is a technical problem. Uh, have you found that you've been able to do this in such a way that people working in a manufacturing facility are comfortable working alongside robots or maybe even forget that they're working alongside a robot? I mean, that's a very insightful comment that you just made. And that's one of the, the challenges that a lot of people don't realize is that once you, you know, people are very comfortable working alongside a robot that's caged. Uh, because mm -hmm. it can't possibly be hurt. Um, then once you take away that cage and you're causing this or allowing for this uh, interaction, you need that interaction to be fluid so that a person can develop a mental model and then understand what the robot's going to do at, at what time. You need things to be predictable. And that's where people get comfortable. And then at the same time, you need to be able to communicate exactly when your system is working and on what robot it's working so that they don't get too comfortable. Um, and go up to a robot that doesn't necessarily have the the safety systems right. that, that around them. Uh, and so we are, uh, you know, walking that line and developing a system that both allows for someone to work safely and naturally alongside a robot, but provides enough feedback that a person understands what is and isn't allowed. Yeah, that's fascinating. We're going to take a quick break as we hear an important message from the folks at CompTIA. In an era of perpetual disruption, much of it propelled by breakthroughs in business technology, access to industry insights and expertise is more essential than ever. So is CompTIA. We're your nonprofit global tech association connecting leading innovators with the experienced technology solution providers who together are actively redefining the state of business technology. If your business builds, sells, influences, or drives the adoption of technology, CompTIA is the place for you. We help you and all the levels of your organization succeed through unbiased industry insight, credible guidance, and supportive collaborations that help you transform the way you do business. Become a member today at comptia.org register. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit here. Um, fashion, fascinating technology and fascinating implications for what it'll do to the manufacturing space. Um, I know you do some work direct with very large manufacturers, but you do a lot of work as well with uh, systems integrators who are working with smaller manufacturers. Mm -hmm. A lot of the people who work with us, they're you know, technology professionals, either sell services or products or, or systems integrator that put these things together. How could they work with a company like you to leverage it to make, make money? So we're, we're really a uh, key tool in the system integrator's belt for designing a uh, manufacturing process step. What we uh, allow for is for an industrial robot to be, uh, to be used um, in a collaborative manner alongside a human. So you can design, instead of designing a manufacturing process step to either be completely automated, which can be very expensive, uh, or to be, be completely manual, which can be expensive in a completely different type of way, uh, um, it may take a long time, uh, have poor ergonomics, um, you know, long talk time. Uh, we allow uh, a manufacturing engineer and a systems integrator to take the best of both worlds and design a process step that really leverages uh, the strength, the speed, the repeatability of the robot, and then the dexterity and the judgment and the flexibility of a human. And so um, a, alongside uh, the Veo robotics uh, system, which is called FreeMove, 
um, you are able to design a manufacturing process that you wouldn't necessarily have been able to design before. And it can be part of that integration alongside the robot, uh, the custom fixed string and end effectors, and uh, any other safety equipment as well. That's really cool. So uh, maybe I could get you to point out some specific examples of how efficiencies are realized by putting humans and robots together. Are there any that come to mind? Yeah, we have a, a number of different what we've been calling application patterns where we see that uh, the VAO system uh, uh, can be used quite effectively. Um, one is uh, a concept alongside a, a dual fixture work cell. Um, where there are two pieces to a process step that need to be done. One involves picking up and putting down a relatively heavy part over and over again that could be uh, quite ergonomically difficult for a person. Um, one, one specific application we've looked at is uh, the uh, sub-assembly uh, sub of a, a knuckle and suspension system. You know, each component only weighs about five kilograms, but once you start to put it all together, it can get into 10 to 15 kilogram range, which when you're picking up, you know, once every minute for an eight hour shift can be uh, not so fun. Right, um, exhausting. So, yeah. And so the, the robot is really in charge with uh, unpacking the parts, putting the parts in the right place, but then to design the robot in order to be able to drive the bolts and to, to connect the fiddly electronics connectors that are required, that would be extremely expensive and difficult to fixture and in some cases just impossible um, because each one looks a little bit differently. Uh, mm -hmm. And so that's where you really want to leverage the human worker. And so using our system, you can have the human working at one station, the robot working at the other, and then they, they switch. Um, and, uh, they, you know, our system will make sure that, you know, in the normal um, process flow, there wouldn't be any direct interaction between the human and the robot. But if the person wanted to walk into the work cell, into the path of the robot, they could, uh, and our system would detect it and slow and stop the robot before any uh, uh, unsafe situations could occur. Um, Sorry, go keep going, please. Please. Yeah, so and another common uh, application pattern is um, what we've been calling parts presentation, um, where there's a big heavy piece that um, a person needs to do work on, but they need to do work at different parts of it and in different orientations. And, you know, if the part is just sitting directly on a table, it can be very difficult to get to all sides of it and do the various pieces of the manufacturing process that are, that are required. And so the robot can be used to pick up that big heavy part and orient it in a number of different ways uh, so that the human could do the tasks that are required. So the, those are just two examples of application patterns that we've seen over and over again. Collaborative palletizing is another one. Um, and there, I can go into more detail on that if you think it's uh, worth the time. Um, but the, there are a number of application patterns. Um, and there are the applications for uh, collaborative robotics and collaborative um, interaction between human and robots and in industrial manufacturing are, are very, very large. I, I see an organizational um, management uh, behavior kind of um, analysis coming up now where when you're thinking about roles within an organization, some are human-based and some are mechanical-based. Do you think that's where we're going? Do you think we're going to get to a point where, you know, we're really thinking about tasks and, and using you know, whether it's a carbon-based uh, um, application or, or a, a silicon-based application that's, that's, that's working together to, to build something inside an organization. 
I, I think we, we're already there. Um, yeah. uh, you know, in manufacturing, people design certain steps to be completely automated to certain steps to be completely manual. You know, when you're, you're assigned to do uh, uh, some work at your job, um, you know, parts of it are done pen and paper and parts of it are you leverage a computer. Um, mm -hmm. So in a lot of those cases, we're already there. I think where that's getting more and more uh, advanced and, you know, scary for some people is when you start talking about those machines moving or having sensing or uh, using some form of machine learning where they're not necessarily completely predictable. Um, and so we're, we're, we're inching along in that pattern. Um, but really what robots are good at uh, these uh, today are doing tasks in structured environments, fixed tasks in structured environments. If things get much more complicated when you start uh, trying to make a robot behave like a human does, you know, to be able to interpret a setting, uh, um, figure out what to do and adapt. Make a judgment, yeah. So we're going to take a quick break to hear an important message and then we'll get right back to it. CompTIA benefits provide members with a wealth of resources that when leveraged result in measurable impact, helping to grow IT businesses and careers. Become a member today at comptia.org register. All right, well, that's, that's another great segue to uh, my last question, and is I just want you to take us 10 years into the future. And uh, I know you have a very um, realist approach to, to this, this question, which I, I appreciate. Where do you see us going with robots? What will we be doing with robots in 10 years? And what do you think we won't be doing equally importantly? So, well, starting from, uh, from manufacturing, I think um, once you start to be able to talk about humans and robots working safely alongside of each other, um, and we're focused on the, the problem of uh, making a single work cell collaborative. Well, if you can expand that idea to an entire factory, um, you can start to imagine a, a world in which maybe the assembly line isn't the exact right solution anymore and you want to do some more modular type of manufacturing. The automotive industry has been thinking about this problem a lot, um, and we believe that Veil Robotics uh, and the FreeMove system and our, our 3D vision solution is really one of the enabling technologies for that direction. Um, when you start to talk about more unstructured environments and applications involving machine learning and uh, 3D sensing, 3D vision, uh, you know, in your home uh, or on the road in the case of autonomous driving, I think we're, we're still, we still have a number of very difficult problems that need to be solved uh, to allow for a machine to behave more like a person. Some of these problems we joke and we call them AI complete problems, where when you say you want a, a car to drive on the road um, alongside people, well, then you kind of need the car to be as smart as a person and to have the judgment of a person in order to do that effectively. Um, and so um, maybe not 10 years from now, maybe that's more like 15 or 20. The estimates vary quite a, quite a long ways. Uh, but what is evolving very quickly are the sensing technologies and the, the computing power and the the uh, sophistication behind how the various uh, uh, sensor data is being fused together to make these judgments. And so we'll continually see uh, productivity increases in factories, the ability for more mass customization. Uh, and these, while uh, industrial manufacturing is really the um, uh, probably the best application for robotics currently, uh, it's starting to bleed into other sectors as well. Fantastic. How are you working with customers today and, and what's next for Veil Robotics? 
Well, it's very exciting. Uh, just a month ago, we launched our first product, which we're calling a FreeMove ADK Application Development Kit. Uh, and what it allows us to do is uh, to deliver a, a set of hardware, which uh, is based off of some off-the-shelf hardware and our custom software, uh, to allow customers to start to play with our system and design applications and understand the capabilities that uh, implementing speed and separation monitoring allows uh, and the types of application that it allows and the workflows. Um, and so uh, we just delivered our first product uh, a few weeks ago to a tier one automotive manufacturer, got a lot of wonderful feedback from that. And we have a few more customers lined up over the next uh, um, few months. Uh, and we're interacting with both large, larger customers that have their own internal systems integration capability, as well as some uh, systems integrators that serve the more uh, mid-market and below. Really cool stuff. And for our listeners who want to know more or get in contact with either Scott or Veo Robotics, we'll be sure to include some links in the description, and you can follow those and, and contact Scott uh, directly. Scott, I just I want to thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Uh, just a, a, a really interesting world. Thanks for helping us walk into it a bit. I'm, I'm sure many of our listeners don't think a lot about robotics or you know manufacturing environments. So help, thanks for helping us explore this. And uh, best of luck with Veo Robotics. Sounds like a fascinating company uh, doing great things in this field. Thanks again for having me. This was a lot of fun. And um, it's a, Veo Robotics has been an exciting ride, and we're looking forward to the future. Thanks for listening to the MTech Cast. To learn more about CompTIA's emerging technology community, visit comptia.org/communities.